All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Bump. Hey, thanks for joining me, guys, on this episode. I am super excited. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of requests uh, recently around the KMC, and I've noticed in other Facebook groups about devotionals. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, and if you've been around the KMC Facebook group, uh, you know that one of the things I've been harping on the last two years is getting people back to the basics, um, helping our children fully understand and engage with a relationship with Jesus. And what does that mean on, from prayer to Bible study uh, to sharing their faith and how to personalize the gospel um, and, and why theology is important? And uh, so it just so happens that he's actually a relative of mine, um, a little removed, but we are relatives, um, or at least relatively we're relatives. <laughs> um, but my guest today is an author um, that has has one book right now um, that is a kid's devotional, and he's got another one on the way, and I can't wait to share with it. Uh, my guest today is Andrew Rogers, um, and I guess I am going to call you Andy um, since you told me I could. Um, sure. so you've got this devotional book and I just want, I'm excited to have you share it with the community. So welcome to the KMC. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. It, it's truly an honor to be here. And yeah, we are relatives through, through a couple of marriages. We figured it out. We're, yeah. we're actually, I don't know what you'd call us cousins-in-law, maybe. Yeah, maybe like we, we can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me today and, and letting me talk about this devotional book. Hey, I'm super excited. I discovered it because like I said, I get asked a lot um, about good devotionals and, and it's hard to come by sometimes. And so I would love for people to get to know you first. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, sure. Where, where, where are you? What do you do? What do you like to, to, you know, what's your favorite food? I don't know, whatever you'd like to say. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I am a dad and a husband. I live in Michigan. I live in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. And I've got two kids four and 11. And um, I've been in the book industry since 2007. So I started out in retail at a Christian bookstore, one of the largest independent Christian bookstores in the country is in Grand Rapids, it's Baker Bookhouse. And from there went into publishing and I've worked uh, at Zondervan, then I worked at Our Daily Bread Ministries, and then I worked at Zondervan again. And so that's where I am right now. I work for Zondervan Books as an editor um, acquiring nonfiction books for adult readers, adult Christian readers. Um, but then on the side, I started writing. I joined a writer's group and started getting involved in my own writing around 2008. Um, and that's just been a thrilling, that's a thrilling part. I, I love to write. I love to write in the evenings or early in the morning. That's usually when I do it. And um, I was a musician before I was a writer and feel like it's uh, all my music, my musical training from my past is now <laughs> somehow like coming out in writing. Um, that makes cool. sense. So uh -huh. yeah. that's very cool. That is very cool. I do miss, I used to live up in that area and I do miss going into Baker and designer and into the stores and I could get lost in there their stores for hours. I loved it. I mean, I was like, who needs Amazon? I'm not waiting even for Amazon for two day shipping, man. I am, I am going to dig into 
I'm going to drive down. I'm going to go get, get, just get lost in the book aisle. And I would just grab some books and start. Yeah. I miss that a lot. Um, those were the good old days when you could, could do that kind of thing. Um, well, Baker has, Baker has a huge used book section. And if anybody listening can ever make the pilgrimage to Grand mm -hmm. Rapids, go to Baker Bookhouse, it's totally worth it for their used yes. books. And we would actually, when I was an employee there, we would have um, schools, Christian schools, call us and tell us they were going to bring their their class, you know, their New Testament class or their pastoral mm -hmm. class or whatever, you know, seminaries. And honestly, they would show up in a bus and 30 or 40 students would pour out with their professor and all of them would walk out a few hours later with armloads of books because they were trying to get these, you know, soon to be pastors and soon to be ministry leaders trying to build up their libraries. Oh and my. we, when we knew that would happen, like when we would get a phone call from somebody, you know, we put out cookies and punch and make sure the coffee was refreshed because, you know, for, from a business standpoint, it's a great business, but for book lovers, for Christian book lovers, it's just like, it's a huge warehouse with shelves and shelves of used books. Yes. You, know, you walk out with an armload so easily. So oh, highly man. recommended if you've never I been. Didn't... I didn't realize that the store was still open like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, COVID, COVID has, I'm sure, messed with their, you know, opening hours, but they're still there and, uh, and uh, it's still a great place. They have a okay. great, I sense a, I sense a Michigan road trip in my future. Yeah. <laughs> you like Christian books, definitely stop at Baker. My, my wife won't like that. Um, <laughs> my checkbook probably won't like that, but, because my my kids have told me I had I have enough books in my collection. <laughs> I've actually given a lot away, but I always say you can never have too many. So um, I feel like I'm, there's a verse about this somewhere of the making of many books. Something, something. <laughs> I don't know. I ignore that verse. <laughs> hey, I just want to learn. I just want to learn. That's all. Because I I'm a learner and I like to share my knowledge of. And so, oh man, road trip. Uh, I have a few friends up that way that I can come visit. So I'm going to have to have to go that way. So, well, Hey, that is really cool. Well, we always start off our, our podcast typically with a, a why type of question. And sure. uh, so, cause I like to ask why um, it's part of my leadership coaching ministry. I'm always asking my students, why, why, why they don't I sound like a, a what two, three year old. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so here's your why question. Why, why kids devotional books out of all the things you could choose to write? What led you to, to do this? Sure. That's an excellent question. And uh, I have a couple different answers. I'll try and keep it concise. Um, one of the reasons is because I have children in the age group that I'm writing for. And, you know, from working with writers whenever the writer is personally connected to the work that they're doing, it just makes a huge difference. It adds a whole layer of personal motivation. Um, and that's true of most books. I mean, most books are written because somebody is looking for an answer. And so the writer can't find it. And so they figure it out and they write about it. Mm. Um, so that's one reason. The other reason though, is I truly have a passion for books that make the Bible less scary for people. And whether that's a book that I'm working on on behalf of one of my employers or whether that's a book I'm, I'm writing, I love to, to feel like I'm working on something that if it works, if the book really lands with the reader, then the reader is going to want to read the Bible. 
they're going to feel empowered. They're going to feel like it's not as intimidating and as confusing as the Bible can look because the Bible can, can look really intimidating. Sure. Um, I love to work on books like that. It's a, it's truly a personal passage, uh, passion. Um, I like to feel like I've encouraged readers to get to know God through it too. It's not about memorizing the Bible for the sake of memorizing the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing God. You know, it's, it's knowing the creator who loves you. Um, so that's, that, that's, I think the, the most concise version of why it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just a great, it's very fulfilling. To work I love on. that. I love that. Cause like I said, in the intro is that I'm very passionate about helping our children's ministry leaders help their children get back into God's word. And, and uh, I know we were talking off air, but you know, just the whole thing of, you know, to me, especially now in the day and age we live, um, we need to help kids think biblically and critically and, Mm -hmm. and, and help them use God's word to translate the culture, not let the culture translate God's word, which we're seeing a lot of, uh, it's frightening to me sometimes when I read some of the forums in the student ministry world. And there's a lot of student pastors. Uh, I use that term loosely. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, but it, that just are letting culture dictate to them how to handle the word of God. And it's frightening to me. And, and it, so it just shows me even more that we as children's ministry leaders and parents have to help our kids get solid in their faith. So they know how to stand. Um, You know, I mean, that's what scripture tells us. We put on God's armor so we can stand against, you know, the enemy's attacks. And, and so I think stuff like this and devotionals like this are, we need more of um, for sure, because we do that. I love the fact that it's personal for you too. Um, that makes it even more effective as, as a children's pastor, I'd look at it and go, yeah, he knows kids. And, and by reading your book, I can tell, you no kids, I can tell you wrote this, you know, for, I mean, I could see you reading this to your kids and I don't even know you that well. And I don't know your kids at all, but it, it totally makes sense. Um, now that you've said that, so this is, this is going to be good. Um, well, you wrote this little devotional called dive in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to, to let people know what it's all about. Cause it's called dive in devotions for kids. Um, go sure. deep with God by understanding his word. So tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So it's a 101 devotional book, 101 unique devotions. Um, and it's written for eight to 12 year old kids, both boys and girls. And then I also tried to keep a focus on families and kids from all different experiences. So a real quick example would be, I wouldn't necessarily write, um, go into your mom and dad's room and ask this question. I might say, go into your mom or dad's room, trying to keep in mind that there's, there are a lot of families out there that aren't nuclear or are different. Right. So I was just trying to make it, um, make it something that anyone could read and feel like they can find themselves within it. Oh, but eight to 12 so girls and boys. And then the goal is, as I kind of alluded to already or said already, it's really about helping kids see God in the Bible. So there's, there are definitely some devotions in here about behavior, you know, um, practicing patience, those kinds of things. But I didn't want to make the mistake that I think is easy to do when you're teaching kids, 
and I know this from parenting, I'm sure you've seen it in ministry, where you end up communicating the Christian faith only through do, do this and don't do that. Right. And I was, I was really trying in this book to, yes, that's age appropriate for eight to 12 year olds, but I wanted a big focus on this is the character of God. This is the person of God. Um, so that, that's a, that's a, a, a current, I guess, that runs through the book. Hmm. that is so good that is so good and 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 i like how you did that and you hit a lot of different topics in this book that i think are really timely um quite honestly um as i was going through it um tell us a little bit about some of the topics that that you covered because i want you to expand on that a little bit more sure um so so in the book, I'm trying to introduce kids to the faith, um, the basics of the Christian faith, as well as reveal God. So some of the topics include simple definitions of, of key words. So if you were to read the book through, you would read a, a article that explains what the word sin means. And then later, the word sin would be used with knowing that the reader understands that word or the word disciple or even the word faith or the word joy, like these are words as adult Christians, we can take for granted or we raise our kids in church. And so we think they just sort of absorb it. Um, but I was working with it with a great editor who, who really encouraged me to kind of slow down, you know, don't make assumptions of the kid that's reading yes. it, or even the parent. like all of us might face a question from our kids. What does the word disciple mean? And all of a sudden we're stuck and, and we can't really explain it, you know, not very concisely, not in good friendly language. So there, there are a lot of articles that introduce words like that. There are articles that introduce concepts like the fruit of the spirit. I think each one of the fruit has its own article where I can introduce like, what is peace? What does it really mean? Um, and then there are also articles that introduce key figures. So one introduces Paul, one introduces Abraham, one introduces Mary, you know, um, major figures in the biblical story. In fact, the first article sets up the idea that while the Bible might look confusing, the more you read it, the more you realize it's telling one big story. Mm. It's God's story of love for the world. Um, and so kind of reinforcing that idea along the way, these, these stories are connected. Um, so good. You know, I love that you have thought through the idea of because we in church world forget we have insider language. Sure. Um, and when you have, especially now post COVID, you know, we've all seen it that the church audience has grown. We've got people that are now watching online that never would set foot in, in the church before. Right. And and I often wonder sometimes we took our services and we threw them online and we, we just assumed everybody understood what we we're doing um, because we do this in the walls. And I don't know many churches that really took time to really explain to people watching, this is why we do what we do. And this is, you know, to go that way. But even for children's ministry leaders, it helps us pause and think, you know, what, what am I doing? That's insider language. And, we're often assuming that kids have grown up around the church and understand this. And one of the things that I thought was a strength in your book was the fact that I could see a kid who hasn't attended church at all, mm -hmm. um, pick this up 
and find their way through it. Um, and I, I think, so. I think that's really powerful. Um, yeah. because there's not many devotional books that I've seen that do that. I mean, over my years of experience, I haven't seen that many that take the time to make this truly and, 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 and go after them. I, I think sometimes we, I've seen some that just avoid these terms and avoid the topics. And it's like, why? I mean, don't, you know, the other part that I will say, Andy, I like is you didn't dumb it down. You, uh, you talk to kids like they're young adults, they're future adults. <laughs> and, 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 and that to me, you know, I always teach the concept, um, think blue, um, when, it, when we're doing children's ministry that I want you to aim for that third, fourth, fifth grade boy, because mm-hmm. if you can draw them in, you're going to win the crowd. Sure. And I can see a, a third, fourth, fifth grade boy grabbing onto this and going, I get it. And, and I, I'm glad that you wrote it in such a way that it feels like you're talking to them, like they understand it, but you've made it understandable. Oh, thank you. I, I'll, I will credit that. Thank you for saying that. And I will credit that to two sources. One, my son, who's 11, is incredibly bright. And he wouldn't stand for anything dumbed down. He'd <laughs> sniff it out and start asking me clarifying questions if uh-huh. I were to start sitting down. And then the other thing, the other place I would credit that is um, our daily bread. When I was an employee there, um, we talked a lot about insider language because as an as a employee of an international ministry, we were very aware of all the different backgrounds and cultures that we were able to reach through our daily bread. But that meant that they, people didn't know Christian, evangelical, American code, you know, and and there really is a code. There really is a vocabulary. And, and so as an editor there, and I eventually did some writing on, not on our daily bread, but on a different project called our daily journey, which was a different devotional project. We were constantly thinking and talking about as a team, what is Christian insider language and what is the language we need to preserve? And I remember having a, a discussion about the phrase, ask Jesus into your heart. Is that really a helpful term? In what (laughs) settings is that helpful? You know, all metaphors eventually break down, you know, is when is that age appropriate and when do we need to move away from it? And also a discussion about the word disciple. And I remember personally arguing that we need to keep that word. I really like personally, really like that word. I like what it means. It helps me understand my connection to Jesus when I think mm-hmm. in the term disciple, and it's a Bible word. It's not, yeah. it's not a term that we've invented in the last five or 10 years. It's not a, you know, a Christian cliche term. It's in scripture. Um, so anyway, all of that to say, I, like that. I had great training <laughs> through my work yeah. at our daily bread <laughs> to think about how to write devotions. And, uh, and I have a son who's really sharp i was gonna say he's at that age where yeah if it's not authentic and real he's gonna call your bluff on it for sure (laughs) which i i know we did to our dads too at that age so yeah i'm sure um, (laughs) (laughs) and he's got a pretty smart dad i will tell you that um but uh yeah so it's you know and i've had i've had kids when i've gotten done speaking at camp come up and say hey pt thanks thanks for talking to us. Like we're grownups, you know, yeah. you're not talking to us like we're babies. And, and I just think sometimes we in children's ministry make that mistake 
Um, I listen to people in their tone of voice and it's like, you're not talking to a bunch of preschoolers here. These are elementary kids. Yep. Raise the bar. They'll, they'll come up to it every time. Um, for sure. For sure. Well, I thought it'd be kind of cool um, for you to, to, to do a little audio book for us here a little bit and read sure. one of the chapters. Um, so I invite you to pick one that you thought was, you know, maybe was one of your favorites and give everybody a little taste of, of, uh, since this isn't really a visual podcast. Um, and, and so I'm not going to be, I'll put the a link to where they can get the book. Um, but I thought it'd be good for them to hear a chapter out of, out of there. So go ahead and, and read to us. I'd love to do so. This is this article is called Dive In to God's Forever Love. This is on page 125. And the verse for this article is Psalm 136, 1. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness lasts forever. Here's the article. Many people say they love pizza, but after one meal, maybe two, if you have leftovers, it's gone. There's nothing left to love. Lots of kids say they love video games. But it's easy to get frustrated with games when they are hard to win. It's easy to get bored with an old game after a new game comes out. The love for the game is gone. Some people say they love to go to the movies, but soon the movie is over. Is the love gone? What kind of love lasts? The Bible says that God's love lasts forever. Not for a day or a month. Not sometimes or only on weekends. God's love lasts forever. Even when people make a bad choice, yep. Even when people sin, double yep. Even when the weather is bad and the soda is flat and the internet isn't working, triple yep. God's love for you will never stop. It will never get weak or fade. Even when you're angry or tired or disobedient, God loves you. On good days and on bad days, when you're sick or healthy, when you're old or young, God's love endures forever. Pizza, movies, and video games are all fun, but our love of these things is short compared to God's forever love. You do not ever have to wonder if you are loved. You can dive in to God's forever love. So, so good. Um, and I love that you've got these little, you know, dive deep questions and where they can read deeper into the scripture and then talk about it with their parents if they want to. But even if they don't, they just want to do it on their own. Uh, this is going to be something that's that a kid can do and, and do very powerfully. Um, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So so we know this is 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 written for for your target age group. Um and, and I love, again, like we've talked about already, the idea that this is written from a perspective to reach any kind of kid and, mm -hmm. and, and all of that. Um, I'm curious to know, what are some of the lessons that you learned in the process of writing about God um, in this journey? Because I'm, I'm sure you learned some things and God yeah. opened up some of your eyes to, to some things. So I'm, I'm just curious, what, what did you pull up from, from all this experience? Oh, that, that is a really good question. And I had trouble, you sent me that question before our interview today, and I had trouble coming up with one answer. Um, well, that's right. Was, We're doing good on time. So yeah. go ahead. You're, you're well, good. Well, the reason I think is it was a wonderful spiritual workout for me to write this book. And I, what I mean by that is 101 devotionals are 101 as a writer, entry points and exit points. You've got 
you've got five minutes. You know, it took me probably three minutes to read that just now. You've got three minutes or five minutes with a 10-year-old or an eight-year-old. And you've got one verse or two verses to share with them. So when you have that short amount of space, that short amount of time, and you have the attention span of your target audience, it forces you to boil things down to their essence. Mm. So I was constantly thinking about, I didn't want to just tag verses onto the top of an article that had nothing to do with the verse. And I didn't want to reduce everything to just a moral a moral lesson. Moral lessons are good. I'm not saying they yeah. aren't in the book, but I didn't want the whole book to feel like behavior because yeah. I know I know my own 11-year-old would sniff that out and tune it out. <laughs> so so the exercise became how do I how do I always in this short space connect people with God? God himself. And a theme in the book is the idea that about the first two commandments. It's Matthew 22. Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. And the second is like it, to love others as yourself. And so the idea of love God, love others became a constant refrain. And you'll see it. If you read the book, you'll see it pop up mm-hmm. at the end. It, it's an often, uh, I'll say something like, this is one way that you can show love to God. This is one way that you can show love to others. This is how you can fulfill those two commandments So going back to your question, what did I learn about God through the writing of this? It it might seem disconnected at first, but I realized God is big enough for the complexity of life. Mm. I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot of this book at the beginning of 2020. So if you think about (laughs) how 2020 (laughs) began, you know, it was wonderful for me to have this this project to turn to when the pandemic was first starting and, you know, we were all um, ordering our food from the supermarket and wiping down our takeout with, with antiseptic wipes and, you know, all the stuff that we're doing and continue to do and how life has just been turned sideways through all the events of 2020. Yeah. Um, I was constantly reminded by, by writing this book, I was always paring down as a writer to the essential matter of faith love God, love others. Mm. And that somehow helped me deal with the complexity of our world. And just remember, there's no situation, whether it's cancer or divorce or unfaithfulness or politics that are dividing us or pandemic, there's no situation that God is not powerful enough to meet meet you in. He, he yes. can handle the complexity of your life. Amen. You know, he can be there. He, he can handle your doubts. He can handle your, your questions. He can handle your broken community, your broken family. Um, I, I was just reminded of that in small ways over and over again, as mm. I was writing these, these articles. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That, that is so, so good. And, and I think as adults, we need to remind ourselves of that constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, kids, especially, um, I mean, this next generation, I think they're, they're, you know, I've been hearing the term generation alpha a lot. Um, and that's the, the 10 and 11 year olds, um, that are there now and are, are 10 and 11 now. 
and their generation and the the generation just after them you know th- these two generations are going to be you know there's going to be some long-term effects from covid um and the pandemic and having to live in that world um and i think these are truths that really will help them negotiate that mm-hmm. um and to not come away angry and bitter at god but instead become more resolved and maybe more in love with God of how he protected them and how he watched over them, how he provided for them um, during those seasons um, in, in their childhood, because you know, it's either going to make them bad or it's going to make them bitter or it's going to make them better. Um, And, and hopefully if we've taken our kids deep into God's word and, and, and allowed it to transform their heart, not just their behavior, um, that's yep. going to change a lot. Um, and so I do love the fact that you have brought love as a central theme, because I think that's an area where kids struggle. And obviously it's one of the critical things they need in their life is to know they're loved and, and they can love others. So, um, that's again, well done, man. <laughs> I really, I really, I really, really like this, um, a lot. Um, so, Hey, um, tell us where can people find this book and is there a way that, that if churches want to get a bulk purchase together, um, can they do that? Um, how do they do that? Um, what's the best place to find it? So I was thrilled to, during the Christmas season, I saw that this book is on most major retailers' websites. You can order it. So for sure, Amazon, but if you shop at Barnes and Noble, their, their website is bn.com. It's on Target.com's uh, website and their app. We use the Target app a lot in our family. And so I'm <laughs> thrilled to see that you could order it there and have it delivered to your Target. Uh, it's on Walmart's website and app. So, um, you know, go to your favorite retailer, especially during COVID time. We're all shopping online more and you yes. should be able to find it. And then if you want a bulk purchase, you should go to the publisher and that's barberbooks.com and that's barber with a U. So B-A-R-B-O-U-R, barberbooks.com. They're actually based in Ohio, um, but they, they're the best place to get bulk discounts. All right. Excellent. And we'll put that in the show notes um, so that people can do that uh, and they can find it there. You'll put, we'll put the link there so people can do that. Um, I would highly recommend guys, you, you get one for yourself, take a look at it and then order more for the kids in your ministry. This would be a great gift to, to give out to kids, um, and help them during this time to get into God's word in a deeper way. So, so Andy, thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time, um, to join me on the podcast and uh, I can't wait to see, Oh, Hey, before we go, tell it, give us a sneak peek, a little talk about the the next oh, book that's coming. We, I don't, I, man, I almost forgot that. And I that would have kicked myself uh, if I had stopped, <laughs> hit the sure. stop button without talking about, give us a little insight on what this next one's about. Yeah. The next book is called the kid's guide to exploring the Bible. It's going to be out later this fall. I don't have a, a on sale date yet, is with the same publisher, Barber Books. And it's a book aimed at eight to 12 year old kids, boys and girls, again, both. Um, but it's aimed at teaching them the basics of Bible study. So it introduces the idea of a, what is a character study and how do you do one? What is a word study? What's the difference? Why would you do one? How would you do one? 
Why does your Bible have maps in the back? And what good are they when you're reading the Bible? Um, it even talks about Bible reading plans. Like what's, why are daily devotions or daily Bible reading, why is that important? And how can you come up with a plan that's, that you'll actually do and follow through on? Yeah. So it's the, it's the age appropriate um, introduction to Bible study and all the different forms it can take. Uh, just like this book, it was an incredible spiritual exercise for myself. <laughs> it made me think, I know what a character study is, but I haven't done a character study in my individual devotions in years, you know, and yeah. here I'm writing about it. And so then I start to do one and I started to write and figure out, okay, if I had to teach an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old how to read about Abraham, say, and learn about him, what would I say? Well, then that, that got me doing the exercise. And then all of a sudden it started to trickle over into my life outside of writing. And, and I just, I feel personally blessed because I got to the act of teaching or writing, you know, fills me and teaches me yeah. and gets me to do it as well. So it, it was another great experience. Oh man. Okay. And y'all know, I've been saying this is the time to get back to the basics. So uh, get on standby, get on his list for, for the next book. We will make sure you trust me, you'll hear about it from me uh, when it comes out. And uh, I'm super excited about that because I definitely think we've got to get kids, get their hands on a Bible, not just the electronic version. That's great. I'm all for it. Kids can use their electronic devices. That's cool. But everybody knows you put God's physical copy in your hands. There's something different about it. Um, yeah. There's a different way to look at it. And so I would highly recommend you, you know, purchase some Bibles, have them ready. Um, and this is a great way to take those preteens, especially, and get them to dig into it. Um, so be watching KMC. We're going to have that for you uh, real soon uh, when it comes out. So Andy, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening to this edition of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. I appreciate everyone that subscribes and listens. If you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, come join us over there. Be sure to answer all the questions. It drives me crazy sometimes. I can't believe leaders don't know how to follow directions. So come on, y'all. Answer the simple questions. They're not difficult. You'll pass the test and you'll get into the group. I say that laughingly, but I also say that I'm serious. Uh, I've had to tell some people, hey, answer. If you invite somebody to join, make sure they answer the questions. But we would love to get more people in our community to interact, to engage, and to keep our, our ourselves growing and moving forward for the kingdom of God. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. Join me again real soon.